0: We would like to at the following program may contain oral themes, occasional reality and language that may offend and listeners.
1: of Riverside Theatre for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover, and please welcome this week's Merry Pranksters, Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan! Yeah! And with the music, it's Felicity Urquhart and Josh Cunningham! Yeah! But first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. When a grandchild comes along, especially for the first time, It's really important to have the right help. In our case, it's a lovely young couple who seem absolutely perfect when it comes to bringing up our grandson. (laughs) The new baby appears to really like them, which certainly takes away the worry for us. As the grandparent, you don't want to just trust anybody for such an important job. So here's the deal. We get the young couple to do most of the difficult work. This includes feeding the baby, changing nappies, lulling him to sleep. He even lives in their house, so that makes things a lot easier. (laughs) We arrive as is traditional for the good times, such as when the grandson, who looks very handsome, is available to lie in our arms, arching his tiny back and glancing up at the world as if to comprehend its wonder all while gesturing towards us with his little starfish hands. Why, you may ask, would a young couple be willing to do all the hard work while the grandparents enjoy all the fun? It's a fair question. When we arrive, the young couple have usually been up all night, dark circles under their eyes, a a shuffling quality to their gait. The grandchild, though, is full of beans. We, the grandparents, take turns in rocking him, making eyes at him and telling him he's the most gorgeous child in the world. He wriggles in our arms. An hour or two later, just when things are about to turn fractious, we hand him back to the young couple (laughs) and disappear down the front steps. See you in a few days, we'll say. We're just going to stay with some friends down the coast. We're expecting to have a ball. (laughs) Why do the young couple do it? No other occupation is like this, one lot dealing with the tricky things while someone else waltzes in for the fun. What would the Fair Work Commission have to say? (laughs) And yet the young couple seem happy enough. The grandchild looks like them both, which is weird, the mother's green eyes and the father's quirky chin. It's a stroke of luck that may have helped win them over to the task. (laughs) But what in practical terms do the young couple get in return for their service? Well, first up, they get access to our advice. (laughs) And in such fabulous quantity. All our advice is 30 years old, so it's really stood the test of time. We tell them exactly how the baby should be lying when in his cot and how exactly he should be fed and precisely the brand of bouncy sling they should purchase for him, just like the one we purchased 30 years ago. And they respond by showing us all this guff from the hospital about how the baby would die if they followed our advice. (laughs) The result? We've decided to let them do it their way. If, as grandparents, we have a fault, this may be it. Really, their nutty ideas are endless, especially the way they rush to nurse him every time he so much as squawks, they indulge the child. I hope they realise in terms of demarcation, that's our job. (laughs) Then there's the issue of the housework. Ever since our grandchild came to live with them, their household standards have really fallen. (laughs) There's unironed laundry everywhere and the washing line is full of nappies that have yet to be brought in and folded. The situation is so dire, I wonder whether I should just hop in and help them. After all, no one wants their grandchild growing up in a pigsty. But actually, I think it's better for me to focus on the child himself, whispering my life wisdom into his tiny ear. Wisdom such as, they could clean up a little. There's one area, however, in which I have being providing assistance, that of food supply. I take around all the dishes I have perfected over my many years of cooking. That's all four of them. The lasagna, the lamb curry, the vegetable slice, and the Spanish meatballs. These I supply in such huge quantities that the young couple have lunch and dinner for weeks ahead, both fresh and frozen. And three weeks in, the male half of the young couple rings me. I suppose I should mention that he's my son. Sure, it sounds nepotistic, but we decided he and his partner really were best placed to look after our grandchild. (laughs) Dad, he says, sounding a bit stern, it's been very kind of you to bring all the food, but I I think we can now go it alone. I'm torn between two ideas. Is this a sign that the young couple are coping well, a discovery that should leave me delighted, or a sign that my Spanish meatballs may not be up to scratch? (laughs) Of that I'm uncertain. What I do know is that we've landed on our feet with this particular young couple. When it comes to raising our grandson, I don't think anyone could do it better. And that's the news from my yeah.
2: way. Yeah. Uh, advice.
3: That's beautiful. That's yeah, lovely advice, Debbie. I, I remember um, um, a great aunt, aunt... Not a great aunt, an aunt of mine telling me before we had our firstborn, I think this is a great piece of advice. Wendy, try and learn some lullabies. You don't want to be singing that child to sleep with the Louis the Fly commercial. <laughs> 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 I thought that was, that was really good advice.
1: I used to sing Road to Gundagai to my own children oh, yeah. so many times that they used to say, Daddy, Daddy, I'll go to sleep, I promise. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just please stop singing. <laughs> Um, now, uh, at every, uh, as every author at the festival knows, a good title is the key to achieving high sales and favourable reviews. But it's so easy to get it wrong. Imagine if Lady Chatterley's Lover had been mistyped by as Lady Chatterley's Liver. It just <laughs> would not have worked. How could some of the great books have been wrecked if the authors had just got one or two letters wrong in the title? Wendy.
3: Uh, Bridget Jones Dairy. <laughs> the midges of Madison County yeah. <laughs> Portrait of an ass as a young man <laughs> Eat, pray, glove
0: <laughs> yeah. Hang on, wait a minute is this, this is you and your ballpoint pen When you got into the English storeroom, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with the white out it's And me. you've changed the uh, The
4: costume. flasher
3: in the ride Yes <laughs> Um, My Brilliant Paneer. <laughs> I'd read that. I would read that. Would read that? I would read that. Yeah, it's a recipe book, that one. Uh, the pawn Birds. <laughs> <laughs> it, that
4: that, that, yeah, that doesn't change that anything. That. that literally doesn't change anything. It's the same book.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what about The Flea of Man? Oh, yeah. yeah nice. Nice. And uh, Boy Swallows Mum's Purse. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> It's of the moment. <laughs> no, right? no, 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 no,
4: no, good. I don't, good. That's I
3: don't good. know what that is. What is that? Boy Swallows Universe. Universe. Prince Alderman. Yes,
4: sorry, I'm sorry. I, that, I read that two books ago, <laughs>
1: and it had slipped my mind. <laughs> <laughs> 200,000 sales on still County. Yeah. How, how could uh, some of
4: the titles be messed up? Tommy me. Tell me. Uh, well, look, uh, I, went, I, went, I went inboard. I, don't, I think we celebrate the super sales too much. Yeah. Like, there's too much talk of authors that just sell, sell, sell. Uh, so I had a look at Richard Glover's
2: books,
4: (laughs) as a chance to bring them back into the consciousness. Uh, he wrote an excellent book called The Mud House, uh, which could have easily been The Dud Mouse, (laughs) which is a story about a young mouse that can't even get a root during a time of plague, (laughs) quite sad. Uh, He recently uh, released a uh, lovely, lovely book called Love Clancy, Uh, but if he had been more like me with my relationship of dogs, he would have called it Move Clancy. (laughs) Uh, Another beautiful book that he wrote was called Flesh Wounds, but had he called it Flesh Sounds? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Look, just so we know, the game of this question is change one letter, so if you take the W and make it an S, boom, nailed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how this game works. Yep, 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 yep. And I totally would have read that book. <laughs> right after Porn Birds. <laughs> uh, I wanted to get uh, your partner in here with the the family doctor. Yep. That's really hard. Good luck. Everyone else, play the game. Try to change a letter in family or doctor and make it funny. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> well done, her. <laughs> Protecting her title. <laughs> Uh, and our uh, esteemed Wendy Harmer, uh, years ago, wrote an excellent book called Nagging for Beginners, uh, which we've updated to Bagging for Beginners, How to Use the Self-Help Checkout. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And my favorite, which breaks the rules of the game, but I would like to read it, uh, The Incontinent Gardener. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely story about a man who raises a beautiful patch of flowers using an unending supply of organic fertiliser.
3: Well done.
1: Tommy uh, mistyping, stalks every author, how could they have got the titles wrong?
0: Uh, Tommy? Or Colin? No, sorry, Colin. Colin, please, Colin. Please, sorry, please. Continue, <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity um, uh, to be on your program. Um, uh, everyone knows the story of the, the woman from the promo, uh, music promo company. She worked in the music industry for many years and then she thought, I'd like to get into book publishing and she, she worked in the, for a publisher doing promotions and there were some dreadful misprints. Richard Flanagan's The Narrow Road to the Deep Purple, uh, <laughs> Ethel Turner's Seven Little Australian Crawls. <laughs> Thomas Keneally, The Chant of Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Carey's True History of the Paul Kelly Gangajang.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was looking forward to that one. I was looking forward to that one, just to admit. Uh, but to get to the question, I had to... I like yeah. the rule thing, yeah. and you've sort of got to change...
3: Well, I had a, You know, I was thinking about um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Appendix. <laughs> <laughs> quite fit
4: the Not rule.
0: Quite. No, <laughs> no, no. It, it is more fun to just... Massage a little bit. So so I have, uh, on these ones, I've supplied the stats at the end. So Ruth Park did that wonderful Irish cookery book, The Harp in the Soup. <laughs> <laughs> Remove one, change one. Uh, Charles Dickens did that fantastic, classic Yuletide vegetables... Uh, uh, book, great read A Christmas Carrot <laughs> remove one, add two J.M. Um, Barry's classic story about dad jokes Peter Pun <laughs> change one and uh, uh, R- Rolf Balderwood the great Rolf Balderwood or Uncle Rolfie as we used to call him, the great Aussie swashbuckler inspired by the tuck shop ladies rubbery underarms
2: <laughs> one letter
3: <laughs> Cool.
1: And, uh, uh, thank God it's Friday, literary edition, uh, as part of the City Writers' Festival. Every literary genre has its problems, from cookbooks with ingredients you can't buy, to autobiographies which leave out the embarrassing bits. Uh, what's the literary genre you've got problems with, and how come? Colin Buchanan.
2: Oh, uh,
0: well actually I...
1: I... Oh! Guitar! Uh, yes, I require the
0: guitar for this. Hey. <laughs> wow. This, this, always. while this, oh, well, no, that's that's nice. When just so you know, just just so you know, this is
4: why, like, like, and I don't use this word. I mean, derogatory, but pure stand-up hates guitar we comedy. We
0: do. Uh, yeah,
4: Because this, of that response right there, he just picks up the I guitar know. and he gets a round of applause. Guy,
3: he hasn't even played it yet. You got no he idea if he's good. The guitar always wins. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to
0: applaud that's when he right. stops. just okay. because Wait, wait, he wait, wait, wait. In fact, I'll put the guitar down and. Uh, no, 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 it's for me to pick it up, I mean, that's, okay. no, that's how it works. Clap when put guitar down, bad. <laughs> Clap when pick guitar up, good.
2: <laughs> hey! 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 Woo! Okay. okay, right,
0: uh, so, well...
1: Uh, this is about the literary genre you don't, you've got oh, the problems. question. You've oh, got yes, problems. Remember that? <laughs> right, right. So what um, got literary genre have you chosen? Cookbooks or what have you chosen? Well, I was inspired by a, a
0: drive uh, with you, Richard, where he abs- he absolutely went off about memoirs. He just mm. thought... Nah. So I thought, well, I'm on his program. I, I was looking forward to meeting him and uh, introduce myself. So, well, Hay could write a cookbook based on garden soil... The barefoot investor knows how to thin down the soup. There are ten easy steps to anything and everything. And there's always the bikey gang, true crime scoop. But don't write a memoir, don't write a memoir. (laughs) Who says it's interesting just cause it's true? Plagiarise, pontificate, shamelessly appropriate, but don't write a memoir, whatever you do. Whistle! <laughs> Be like Peter Fitzsimons, Buffon, a bit of history. Try a Jackie French, Di Morrissey, Bush pastiche, knock out a booker. Prize like Carey or like Flanagan I mean, even Richard Glover has found a niche But don't write a memoir, don't write a memoir So you climb Kosciuszko bully for you. (laughs) Rehash, be slapdash, make a greedy grab for cash, but don't write a memoir whatever you do. Everyone, don't write a memoir, don't write a memoir. Even Helen Demodenko knows that it's true. (laughs) You might Google it or cut and paste, abandon any class or taste, but don't (laughs) write a memoir whatever you do. No, don't write a memoir whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm Buchanan.
3: Uh,
1: genres, there's so many genres. Uh, the memoir's got problems.
3: I, I, I've, got, I've, got this, I've got the same problem with the Colin, uh, with the memoir. Because, you know, because it's one of those things, you know, where, as Colin says, uh, you know, you are fascinated with your own family history. Um, LAUGHTER to the point of skull-crushing tedium. But why inflict that on anyone else? Now, this is where you pick up a memoir of a a star off TV or, you know, a movie, whatever it is, you know, an actor's memoir. And it starts with, my great-great-grandfather was a weaver in the mills of Lancashire in 1789... I mean, your heart just sinks, doesn't it? You think, how far are we going to go back here? And you turn to the end, with the, 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 you know, they've got the family tree in the back and it's got, got more branches than Sherwood Forest. That's the memoir. And all you want to know, know is about the time that she bonked um, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's all you want to know. Just cut to the chase. And the other one is the same of cookbooks too, Colin, where you know, you know that sort of... That hybrid of the cookbook memoir. Mm. Oh, mm. That's difficult. So there, there, should be, there should
4: be no words in cookbooks at all. Yeah, that's it.
3: <laughs> just pick so,
4: recipes and pictures. That's, it. that's so all you, it should you be. be.
3: You open the thing and it starts off with, my ancestors collected wild herbs in ancient Greece. <laughs> and you're flipping through this thing and think, shit, I've got people coming for dinner in an hour. Is there a recipe in here? Just, I
4: need a bolognese recipe and fast. <laughs> What genre do you mistrust Tommy Dean? That's the one. I definitely hate cookbooks. I love cookbooks and recipes, but seriously, pictures and recipes and I will work the rest of it out. Uh, I don't need to know how much your family loved eating it, or the things that happened while you were around the table when you served it. Just tell me how many cups and where do I get it. (laughs) I also have a deep distrust of self-help. I think self-help is one of the most disappointing genres in the authorship world. Uh, And the problem is simply expectation. All self-help books promise that you will become amazing. If there was a self-help book that said, look, this will get you through the day, and that's about it. (laughs) That's the one. A reasonable, realistic, I don't want like 18 programs to change everything in my life, just a couple of tips. Uh, My self-help is a pamphlet. Maybe get up a little earlier, drink less coffee. (laughs) Relax a bit. Yeah, yeah. Or, and I don't even know how you pick one. There's so many options. Like, you might have a little problem. You're thinking, I'm sad. I'm sad inside. And maybe there's someone who's written a book that can help me deal with my inner sadness. And then you go to the self-help section. And by the time you've looked at everything, you realize every single thing in your life is a mess. (laughs) And most of all, there's no way I can afford to buy all these books. (laughs) So I have to buy rich man, poor man, start there. (laughs) (laughs) Rich man, poor man. There should be a self-up book called How to Buy (laughs) Self-Up. Write you through the program. Start with this one, work up to, and then finish with, and then you'll be amazing. (laughs) On Thank God It's Friday. Thank
1: God It's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean, and Colin Buchanan uh, with us. Now, the big bucks are in writing a hit children's book. Uh, Wendy's done it quite a few times. The best method is to connect with your younger self. So what are the imagined adventures you got up to when you were a little kid? Wendy Harmer.
3: Well, yeah, well, I was lucky enough to be able to indulge this, of course, in my um, pearly books, 17 of those, so I managed to get over my pearly obsession over uh, during that time.
0: And they're available in the foyer.
3: Yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs>
0: but, but you're, you're not you... allowed to
3: leave unless no, you're... <laughs> no, <it's a> <laughs> But you know, the mo- I I, wrote, I also wrote uh, young adult fiction, and that was my favourite thing of all, because I got to channel my 14-year-old self. Now, the best thing about this is that you get to pay back all those kids who were mean to you at high school. <laughs> and um, like one of my characters, in, in, in one of the characters in my books is a very thinly disguised version of Melissa McKenzie. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and we have Melissa here now. Please
1: welcome her on stage.
3: Let me tell you a Sorry, little...
1: Melissa's barrister is ringing in.
3: <laughs> Let me just tell you a little bit about Melissa McKenzie. All right, she was neat. She had these blonde plaits with blue ribbons on, uniform, immaculately ironed. She had her snow white socks pulled up, you know, perfectly over her quite fat ankles. But we won't go there. <laughs> it wasn't her fault. Anyway, I I was kind of a I was kind of a scruffy looking kid. I always had bad haircuts because Dad was a single father and he used the K tel Hair Magician on us. <laughs> so when you talk about fringe, it was like the fringe on a cushion, it just went out the front like that. Anyway, so um. He was also a headmaster, he moved a lot, so I was always that that funny-looking kid in the wrong-coloured uniform. Anyway, so, Melissa McKenzie, (laughs) she beat me out to the lead role in a school production of Brigadoon. I have never forgotten that. (laughs) It's been a spillage.
0: Just for the listeners at home, Wendy (laughs) struck the table and her
4: glass of...
3: Well, but I have never forgotten. Vodka it, fell
4: even. over. No. I had to smell it to just check. No, no, I just looked at the replay. Bridget McKenzie came in here and kicked <laughs> it over. She did. Why would she do that? This it was... Melissa McKenzie, Bridget McKenzie, is a minister in the government.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is my point. Yes. It's, a it's a conspiracy. Anyway.
3: This goes right to the top. It,
2: <laughs> well, natural. <it,
3: laughs> In the book, she's thinly disguised as Bianca, and she gets a role in a movie, and guess what? All her scenes are cut at the end and they're all on the cutting room floor and she's never seen. Oh. Yeah, and I meanwhile, thinly disguised as Ellie, the you know, the star of the book. I win a slam poetry competition and I get to go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Revenge this
1: it's sweet.
3: funny how these things turn out, isn't it? Melissa. If your <laughs> only reason, really, though, Richard, for writing young adult fiction is to get revenge, I say go for it, people. Really, it's very cathartic. <laughs>
4: <laughs> if you're going to try to channel your, your, your childhood yeah. self... Just, uh, just to make soul. a clarify uh, moment there, right there, though. If you're wondering why in the world I would suddenly pull Bridget McKenzie out hmm. and accidentally name the National Senate... Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was on Q&A last night. Okay.
0: Ah, so Tommy does the warm up. I do the warm
4: up for Q&A yeah. and so I introduced her to the floor last night and so she's the most prominent McKinsey in my short-term memory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tommy's memory of Australian politics lasts about sort of 12, Twelve and a half hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. I a get little, little shorter than caffeine, isn't it?
4: That's a, yeah. The so channel yeah.
1: you're in a self and your younger self is well, well. was
4: you know, I was uh, I was I was well I was wheelchair bound from ages 7 to 9. Um, and so I feel weird about this only because we live on a farm. Um, so most of my uh, imagination was actually me putting myself in the books that I always read. Uh, so I read a lot of Mark Twain. So, uh, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, uh, did a lot of rafting, did a lot of fence painting, did a lot of stealing apples from the local corner store, uh, said some words I probably shouldn't say Mark Twain. You know how it was. I yeah. uh, got up, there was a great book. I don't know if it was a, ever a series in, a, in Australia. There's a series of books the author long lost to me called The Great Brain. And it was about a young teenager in the 1800s lived in a Mormon village. And it was like a detective show. He, you know, he solved the, the crimes of the local Mormon community, which were mostly small. <laughs> small crimes. They don't do very terrible things. Mostly stuff was misplaced, and he found it, <laughs> but I found him fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think the only time I really turned, my true imagination was comic books, and so we lived on a farm. My grandparents were dairy farmers, uh, so I, my two superheroes that I made up uh, were Cowman and Horse Guy. <laughs> And, and the adventures of Cowman and Horse Guy, uh, and they were constantly battling their villain Chicken Dude, because <laughs> uh, he ruined everything. Chicken Dude. It was only years later that I realized that Cowman was a bit of a problem. Uh, Just well, because te-
0: te- te- technically, technically, it is.
4: yeah, it felt a bit. I don't okay. think I'd really understood how animal husbandry was coming together for me there, but. <laughs> but cowman's secret power was like he had like laser rudders <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think you should start the book. That's good. <laughs> right here, that's good gear. Good gear. Is there an illustrator in the house? <laughs> yeah. Colin, what do you? No, I'm not an illustrator. Oh, it's my
0: turn. Yeah, oh, your uh, turn. I, yeah. I, um, uh, well, channel I, the, the young you well, into I, a children's look, book? Look, I tried something the other day and sent it to the publisher, and I found out that uh, if you're thinking of writing, at the moment, they, the book publishing industry is hemorrhaging wacky stories about unlikely, crazy things that happen and that are generally written in a diary. That's children's fiction. It's yeah. fantasy, unlikely stuff. So they, it was, their response was a little bit like, I bent some wire and it holds the pages together. And they said, I think you'll find that's a paperclip and it was invented in 1897. Mm. So that was their response to m- my attempt. So I thought, <laughs> what, what I need is something, because it's, just got to, it's, it's all got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger for children's fiction. So, so it's, not, you can, it's not just a rocket toilet, it's got to be a rocket toilet with poo pixies, yeah. and then it's got to take you to space. So um, <laughs> I thought, what about a children's book that uh, nothing much happens, sort of anti-adventure, mm. zig when they zag? Mm sort of thing. So I've written a synopsis and I know there's a lot of p- publishers in the audience so, um, who are talent scouting and uh, so here it is um, the synopsis. The working title is Kieran Thompson stays in his postcode. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll read it lightly. Enough. At first glance Kieran Thompson seems like an ordinary ten-year-old boy. That's because he is. He lives in suburban Engadine with his dad Shane, a builder and his mum, Suzanne, a registered nurse who works part-time at Bankstown Hospital. He has a younger brother, Scott. Kieran rides his bike in the cul-de-sac after school, except on Tuesdays, which is soccer practice. Not not Quidditch, just normal, yeah. normal <laughs> soccer. Join Kieran in this non-groundbreaking book as he encounters the unremarkable, the bog ordinary, and a complete absence of anything weird or wacky as he lives his bland yet contented life almost entirely within the confines of his local postcode area,
2: 2233. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think it's gonna, I think it's gonna work.
0: Okay, and so just, just, just to the publisher's note, because I love a series, I'm thinking you just do a series like Harry Potter each year. Nothing, no, He gets, nothing.
4: Nothing. He gets older, that's all that happens. He's postcode. Harry postcode.
1: Oh, you do one for every... That's genius. That's genius. And at the end of the book, Cowman appears. Yeah. You're the laser runners okay. and that's it. 9994, that's not even a real postcode. Yeah.
3: Now, are you ready for that? Just hang on a minute. Yeah, Is Melissa to... McKenzie to... have an affair with the father? I bet she does the bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It spoils everything,
2: yeah.
1: as is her want. Are you ready for not the Wheel of Death, but the Hat of Death? The Hat of Death! The Hat of Death? Uh, yes, right. they are. It's a lot easier to carry. Uh, so uh, on the, it, these are all uh, titles of books by authors who are featured at the Sydney Writers' Festival. Right. Uh, Wait, you're...
4: sorry, can you just hold up that stack? I mean, you can't see it on radio, but he's holding, oh my goodness,
1: Yeah. that is so is. That you're, is. Well you're so. You're, you're so like. knowledgeable about Australian literature, I, I feel that you'll be able to give us an instant
3: I review. I thought it was Australian country music.
4: That... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have a passing familiarity with all things Australia. Oh, okay. Uh, but I make it a point as we come in, because Writers' Festival has been on the TGIF calendar for many years, and I make it a point as we come into Writers' Festival to read every book published. Yeah that I'm ready for this moment right You're here. ready for the oh, moment. So, so,
1: Colin, if you could uh, pick at random. Okay. Oh, um, read it out and Tommy Dean will give us an instant review based on his thorough knowledge of these books. Tommy, your book is The Carbon Club. The Carbon Club? The Carbon Club. It's a book written by...
3: Adele, is it Adele Ferguson? No,
4: it's, it's Marion Wilkinson. Marian. So it's Marion Wilkinson. Um, oh, you, oh, did you already say it? Sorry. Yeah. 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 I would have told you. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's It's very good. uh, I mean, I I don't think there's been an Australian book written ever that was bad. Uh, Australians are just peter naturally good at almost everything they turn their hand to. Mm -hmm. And writing is uh, one of the most amazing things that they do. Um, what's the carbon club for those few who haven't read it? What's, what's it
1: about? The carbon club? Oh, the book. Yeah. the book. What's it about? What's, what's its topic?
4: Well, I mean, probably the the thing about Australian authors (laughs) is that they're not direct, you know, what I really, you know, because they live in what is technically, you know, a tiny place, uh, they, but they have very big ideas. Uh, so so I I would do this, the carbon club, a deep disservice. If I narrowed it down to one idea, (laughs) what she has done is basically distill the entire experience of living Uh. into a book of less than 300 pages that can be read in an afternoon by skipping every other word. What she is getting at ultimately is that life's experience much like uh, carbon, which is the, the life material of all of the universe, the, the building block. It is the building block of everything. Mm. And, and she is suggesting that we should use it to make a club. <laughs> that the biggest problem facing humanity today is our divisiveness. And if only we recognize that all of us are just carbon-based organisms dancing to the same universal music, (laughs) refracted through a disco ball of fun, (laughs) with half-price drinks during happy hour (laughs) of experience. That, by the way, was a direct quote from the book. (laughs) 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 She can be ponderous at times with her sentence structure. (laughs) What I also loved about the book is not only did she just join all of us together as humanity, uh, using the club as a metaphor uh, for joyousness and happiness, uh, but being Australian, uh, she doesn't overstate anything. It's one of the few books I've ever read that made a very conscious decision to never use an exclamation point. Is that right? I know, never. She uses semicolons on 67 occasions. which some might find distracting, but I, I quite like the attention to detail. Like <laughs> if I were I to write the review, I would put, she uses 67 semicolons, exclamation point. <laughs> but she eschewed the exclamation point uh, to make a point, <laughs> but not an exclaimed one.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, there you go.
1: Does he (laughs) die? Does he die, ladies and gentlemen, or does he live? He
2: lives. He lives.
4: lives. You know, the worst part was as we made the joke that I knew the author, and then instantly, as soon as you had said it, and I pretended that I knew it, I totally forgot it, (laughs) (laughs) and the whole time I was trying to remember the name, all I could think was, fucking Melissa McKenzie. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Melissa McKenzie.
4: Marian Wilkinson's excellent book is called The Carbon Club. I recommend it. Uh, now just, just just to be clear, yes. I mean I, I sort of, you know, I sort of generally explained it, but I mean if you were to say right the back of the book, yeah. what would what would you say The Carbon Club? Is I, I, about? I'd, I'd say it's
1: a, a book about the international carbon economy and how Australia has been uh, is 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 playing the wrong game in terms of our energy policy. Teachers pet. <laughs>
3: One of the, uh, I would have said that this is the book that Adele Ferguson wishes she had written.
1: <laughs> One of the uh, big literary trends of the last decade has been the book that takes some incredibly tiny thing and turns it into a whole book. So there's been COD, a biography of the fish that changed the world. There really has been a book called Zipper, which examines the invention and use of the zipper, a whole book, uh, and even a history of the screwdriver.
0: Actually, uh, just
1: yes? Richard, quickly, yes? that, w- that book
0: was written on the fly. <laughs>
1: Uh, the, the, uh, the genre is crowded, but there is room for more. What tiny thing could you write a whole book about, and what's the story that you would tell? Wendy Harmer.
3: Well, well um, let's get serious. Come on. You, you would have all heard of that guy, Richard Carlson who published his book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. You know that? You know those books? And they're self-help books about, you know, why you shouldn't care about little things in life, they're minutiae, you concentrate on the big things and you'll be happy. He has sold 25 million copies of this, Mm -hmm. right? I just wanted to say to you, there is no way any woman in the world would have written that book. (laughs) Because it is, in fact, the small stuff that drives you absolutely mad. I have been driven mad by the teeniest, tiniest stuff. He asked the question, will this matter a year from now? And I swear, it will, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. I don't know whether you know this, but apparently, Uh, According to a recent study of 2,000 Australian households, women initiate divorce more than men do, and the fateful appointment with a lawyer is booked on New Year's Day. And that is because the woman realised that the same time last year they asked themselves, will this matter a year from now? And it did. I am talking specifically here, ladies and gentlemen, three chapters. Chapter one, dust. Now, uh, you know, in the time it takes you to draw a smiley face on the layer of filth on the the sideboard, as a funny joke, surely you could have picked up a duster. And if someone has to ask, where is the duster? You'll find it on the median strip with the rest of your stuff. (laughs) Chapter two, lint. I added up for the past 40 years I've shared houses with grotty uni students, two husbands, two children. I counted them 10 households, 20 co-inhabitants and I am certain, I'm positive I will I will I'll, I am the only person in that time who has cleaned the lid filter in the dryer. <laughs> and it's the only reason that the, you know, it's the only reason that the house didn't burst into flames. Number 3, crumbs. A kitchen bench can be tidy, sure. You could have put away things, sure you can. But if it's covered in a fine layer of crunchy crumbs, you're not done here. Toast crumbs attract other small things like ants. And if you have to ask where the dishcloth is, see Front Yard as above, (laughs) (laughs) median strip. So, uh, you know, as uh, this would be my book, yes. Yet not, not, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Yes, sweat the small stuff. <laughs> that's the message. And that includes microplastics, airborne particulates from burning carbon that are one of the greatest causes of global warming. So there, and I read about it in the Carbon Club. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, that is my book, Sweat the Small Stuff. Colin Very Buchanan, nice. Very nice. Very nice.
1: you're next.
0: Right. The tiny thing. OK, uh, my, book, my book is called Um. <laughs> The Rise and Triumph of Unnecessarily Inserted Words in Everyday Conversation. And I've got that next track from The Forward, who was, uh, it was written by um, uh, Doris, uh, so this is it. This um, book is like literally, seriously like the book that is totally like for right now. When I was asked to you know, write The Forward, I was literally like, whoa, no way. <laughs> You know what I mean? Anyway, at first I was like, mm, uh, whatever. And then I was like, uh yeah, no, yeah.
1: Uh, sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> what tiny, uh, tiny, tiny, tiny thing are you going to write a whole
4: book about? Tommy Dean. I'm going to write a whole book. Uh, my book's called The S-Bend. <laughs> which made indoor plumbing possible. A lot of people don't realise that. Without The S-Bend. Yeah. Terrible aromas. Yeah. Uh, but I'm more familiar with. The thing with that the makes cities possible. It makes, it, makes, it makes so much possible. But mostly what it makes possible is finding things in the S Bend. <laughs> I mean, it's the last range of places you want to look for, but uh, my wife and I have recently uh, taken up the game of Airbnb. Uh, so now I am a part time hotelier. <laughs> uh, I am also the full time cleaning staff of said hotel. <laughs> And so, uh, when I clean it, I have to clean the shower. Uh, and, uh, let's just say I am quite surprised at what humanity can get down a shower drain, <laughs> like quite surprised. Like I wanted to write the book on, uh, the shower great, but clearly it is not doing its job.
2: <laughs>
4: like it looks like it wants to stop stuff from going down. But the S-Band is the hero of the story. <laughs> the S-Band says, this is where it stuck. <laughs> I'm not letting the gaseous aroma come back up from below and all of this hair stays right here.
0: <laughs> it says to the bobby pin, you feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> well, Hi, the well, bobby bobby are you? In there. I, exactly.
3: I think I'm thinking, thinking S pen, man, that's a girl.
4: I found a razor.
3: Yeah,
4: not the blade, the whole handle, mm. a whole handle of a razor. Yep. In the S pen. Yeah. You should and only rent to bald people. <laughs> it, it feels like, that. I know it, it's wrong of me to make fun of the hair in the drain. I am fully aware, but I just find it <laughs> odd that in my own home for 15 years, I have never cleaned out the shower drain in such a fashion but after two days on their weekend getaway yeah well it is called hair B&B oh good point, <laughs>
2: point. Oh, um, yeah, pub-
1: uh, can I use that as a pull
4: quote on the SBED
2: cover <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: now uh, publishers are always looking for a book which they can label this book will change your life considering your various personal problems What are some of the titles you'd like to see written in order to help you out? What advice might they contain? Colin Buchanan. Um, Oh, guitar. I've got
0: to pick up the
2: guitar. Yeah,
0: Yeah, well, I just thought uh, everyone's getting in on the act. So uh, that's where this song came from. What act? What's that? What act are they getting in on? Um, Writing. Oh, right. So at the writing festival, right so, yes. Right well, I saw the bookstore classics. They were stuck up the back. A mercy me! what well, could it be they're all getting in on the act? Presidents, petty crims game show guys, and soapy stars, heroes. Comedian, sorry, that waitress from the cocktail bar. Well, they can all right now, <laughs> baby. They can all right now. Here, yeah, come on, all right now. Baby, they can all right now. This is the hard bit. Close out it. Well, Charles Dickens. And Shakespeare, he's a writer, too. Those <laughs> fellas really paid their dues. Dante and Tolstoy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, they're <laughs> yesterday's news. There's ex-cops, ex-cops, ex-spies and spies. Mothers, brothers, lovers, ex-wives. And John Doe's, ah, oh, Fred Bloggs. every Harry, Harry, Dick, and Tom. I'm telling they can borrow out
3: Right now, right now. Rock and (classrio)
2: roll. Can
4: I can I say, Colin? uh, In all the years, and all the song parodies, and all the tunes you've chosen to put words to, it's time, and I am pleased that you finally picked a song that I like. Hey, Wendy, what book are you going to write to uh, help your, yourself out?
3: I am going to uh, I'm gonna, uh, write a book about how, how to stop my, m- buying more books, <laughs> I think, oh, actually. Yeah. This is true, I was clearing out a pile of some books recently, <laughs> and I found underneath, in a huge pile, unread, uh, Marie Kondo's life-changing magic of tidying up.
2: <laughs>
3: I took her to the op shop, <laughs> and I feel a lot better. <laughs>
1: did, did, did it give you delight? getting rid of it dude <laughs> tell me what he are you gonna
4: write make, like? yeah. make more recycling stuff like that like my, my wife has heaps of she loves gardening books and I just don't see the wisdom sticking around you know they should make gardening books out of seed <laughs> so you can read it absorb it a little bit and then just bury it boom plant, it. plant.
2: <laughs>
4: that would be that would be much happier um, I don't I don't I don't dream of uh, writing a book as much as others do I think there's an Australia Council grant available if you agree not to (laughs) but it feels like it feels like a lot of books have been written Uh, I don't know what book is inside me Um, I would I mean after s-band does its thing (laughs) now and I don't want to be I don't be like a a, cynical but mostly I just wrote s Bend to sell for the movie rights I wasn't really in it for the literature. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no one
0: saw through
4: that. No.
3: You're just going straight to the screenplay screen without the book.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I just put it there as a backdrop.
3: That's a good plan.
4: Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I, mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't you want, you want If
3: it works out, you can write the book yeah. after.
4: That's but what like. I like, I think the position of the author selling to movies is always a brilliant position to be in because yeah. if they nail it, you can yeah. be all like, you know, the reason the movie's so good is because they were basing it on my book and S. Ben clearly was a piece of genius. And how could they mess it up? And if they mess it up, you're like, I had nothing to do with that. (laughs) They didn't let me into any meetings. I didn't write the script. I have no idea why the s bend was replaced. By some story? Like, By of a great, It became a story about a great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: they replaced the uh, razor with a comb. Yeah. It was all wrong. It was
4: wrong. Totally, wrong. Uh, totally unbelievable, I think. Also, at this point, I think it's fair to admit, I kind of forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're right. We didn't pick there. that up at
2: all.
1: And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, can you please thank Wendy Harmer, can... Tommy Jean, and Colin Buchanan!
2: Yay! What an audience.
1: Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday Live from Parramatta, Riverside as part of the Sydney Writers' Festival. Next week, Julia Morris, Jackie Loeb and Tommy Dean. Music from the fabulous Backsliders. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. Thank God It's Friday!